Can I say it's nice to be among you? Just let me introduce myself a little so that I won't be a complete stranger to you. Just a, a little potted history. I am uh, from Edinburgh. I was born in a place called Leith. I don't know if you've seen the new movie Sunshine and Leith. If you haven't, you should go and see it. It's a good feel movie. Uh, and if you're uh, like me, I took my wife, you know, and now I'm, I'm in her good books for a long time now. Um, I served my time as an electrician, uh, and then God called me into the ministry. Uh, I was with OM in Turkey for a few years. Then I had two ministries, one in Wester Hills and then the other in Cornton. And then God called us to Afghanistan, and then the last three years we've been in St. Andrew's Baptist Church as minister there. So that's who I am. Um, just a, a little introduction. God's Word is an amazing thing. And in the book of uh, James, it has these words. Prepare your minds for action. So are you ready? Are you prepared to hear God's word and then be willing to act upon it? That's the key. We can listen and listen and listen, but if we don't act upon it, it won't mean anything. As James says, not only be hearers, but be doers of the word. So let's just pray that God will help us to do that. Father, we want to thank you that you're here <coughs> this morning. Lord, you have promised where two or three are gathered in your name that you are there in the midst. And Lord, we would ask by your Spirit that you would come now and that you would help us, Lord, to hear what you want to say to us. And then, Lord, we ask that by your strength and through your grace that, Lord, that we would go and be people. People that would be obedient to what you have said and what you have instructed. And so, Lord, you're a God that we trust, and we just trust you now. In Jesus' name, amen. The great Michelangelo was said to have been walking one day with a friend. And as they were walking along, they saw a discarded piece of marble. And Michelangelo looked at it and said, oh, I see an angel there. And his friend said, but I only see a discarded piece of marble. That this genius had the potential to see what others overlooked. And his friend said, how can you see an angel there? And this was Michelangelo's words. I would take that discarded piece of marble and I would chisel away all that is not an angel. And this morning, God sees great potential in each and every person here. And I want you to believe that. To believe it with all your heart that God sees great potential in each and every one of you. None of us in his eyes, have been discarded. And most of you here, I presume, are those that know the Lord. And when you and I made that step from darkness into light, God started something wonderful and beautiful in our life. He started chipping away all that is not Christ in our life. 
so that we would become the people that he wants us to be. And it's an important and profound yet simple truth that I challenge you to grasp this morning. And if you take nothing else away, take this away. His focus, God's focus, is not on what we can do for Him, but who we are in Him. Let me just say that again. It's not what we can do for Him, but it's who we are in Him. So with that in mind, if you'd like to open your Bibles to Psalm 146 Psalm 146 and we'll read God's word together I always used to say to the folks when I was pastor wherever I was that this part is the most important part in the service this is God's word and he's speaking it to us so I'm going to be presumptuous and I'm going to ask a question Are you listening? Are you listening? Because God is going to speak. And this is his word. And he says this. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes or mortal men who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground, and on that very day their plans come to nothing. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. The Lord who remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoner free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the aliens and sustains the fatherless and widows. But he frustrates the way of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. And when I read that passage, when I read that psalm, there was one verse that kept going in my mind that I couldn't get rid of. And it's the verse that we're going to think about this morning. It was at verse 5 that says, Blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob. And what caught my attention was this. Why the God of Jacob? Why out of the great portrait gallery that the psalmist had of all the people in Israel did the psalmist choose Jacob? I'm sure if I was writing a psalm I might have chosen Abraham or David or Moses or Elijah. Why? Jacob. And then I began to realize as you read the scripture, you come across this little phrase time and time again, the God of Jacob. And it would seem to me that when the people prayed to the God of Jacob, it gave them a great sense of confidence. It brought this strange sense of strength and comfort and consolation. 
One of the old hymn writers put it like this. Oh, happy is the man and blessed whom Jacob's God doth aid. So let's see what it means, just for a little while, to believe in the God of Jacob. That if he is the God of Jacob, then firstly it means this, that he's the God who can take something from nothing and make it into something wonderful. I'm quite an ordinary guy, at least I think so. And when I look at people like Abraham, <coughs> he just seems to tower above me. He's a great saint. Here is a man who dared to believe God. He has an amazing life. He's a, a lighthouse, a beacon. He's an inspiration to me. But I realize I am not like Abraham. There are not many Abrahams about sadly or maybe when I look at a person like Moses and what a tremendous man to have the privilege of seeing God face to face here's a man wrapped in mystery here's a man who communed with the living eternal God a great saint again a tower of strength a witness to us but I believe and I know that I am not like Moses. There aren't many Moses about, sadly. But when I think of Jacob, then I find hope for myself. Here is a man who has this queer, strange nature. He sins and then he repents and he sins and, he, and I see it in myself. He's very ordinary in the scriptures. And if Jacob was able to know God, then I realize this, that there's hope for you and I, who are just ordinary folk. But we're not really. We're not really. I've often thought of the parable that Jesus taught. The one where he gives ten talents to one person, five talents to the other person and he gives one talent to one person and I've often wondered what the person with one talent felt like I wonder if he thought Jesus is this all that you think of me just giving me one talent Jesus look at that guy you've given him ten look at that guy you've given him five so blessed one talent he must have found it very ordinary. But if you and I believe in the God of Jacob, then we realize this, that even out of that one talent, God is able to make and to fashion something that's wonderful and beautiful. Come on, I get a smile for this, surely. We are a special people. God is formed and forming us, shaping us into the people that He wants us to be. You and I can never ever imagine by ourselves what God has for us. He's got such wonderful plans for us. There's a story told of Robert Burns and he was walking one day in the streets of Edinburgh with a very fashionable and posh person 
And as they were walking along, he spotted a peasant guy that he knew from his airshare days. And so Burns ran up to this guy and, you know, shook his hand, gave him a hug, started to speak to him. And then he rejoined his fashionable and posh friend. And his fashionable and posh friend says, Robert, you shouldn't. That was just a common peasant. And the story is told that Burns' eyes flashed. And he said to the man, you fool, it wasn't the peasant bonnet I spoke to, but I spoke to the man within. And there's a secret. God sees the man and the woman within. He sees what we are, but he also sees, and here's the exciting thing, here's the great thing, he also sees who we can be in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our hope. He's chipping away. He's shaping us, molding us, making us into the people that he wants us to be. That's our hope. What a tremendous hope to know that God is shaping me and he's shaping you. Do you believe that? Because it's true. That's what he was doing to Jacob. One old great Scottish saint was heard to say these words to a friend on his deathbed. He said, I wonder at God's love for me. Yet I believe with all my shortcomings and failure, I'm not shut out but shut in to all that God has for me. And that's the God of Jacob. In Christ, we are not shut out. But we're shut in to all that God has for us. And here's the thing. He sees great potential in each and every one of us. Great potential in each and every one of us. He is the God who can take something that's been discarded and begin to shape it and make it into a child of God. That's the first thing that, I, that we see when we, we think about this God that Jacob worshipped. He's the God that sees great potential in you. <coughs> The second thing that I noticed, and let me encourage you, if you have time this afternoon, go into your Bible and read the story of Jacob. It's an amazing story. It'll take you to a high, it'll take you to a low, it'll bring you up. It's an amazing, exciting story. Go and read it. You'll only need 10, 15 minutes this afternoon. Write down and just sit down and read the story. And you'll see that he also is a God who has plans and purposes for each and every one of our lives. You mentioned that a little bit earlier. God has a plan and God has a purpose. It doesn't matter where you are. I'm 70 years old, but I still believe that God has plans and purposes for me. Jacob, read the story. You'll read how one night after he had (coughs) taken his brother's birthright, that he fled, that he ran, he was scared, he was frightened. This was the first time that he was on his own. And you read the story, you'll be exhausted because he's running and running and running until eventually he drops in sheer exhaustion in a green pasture. 
And it says he only had a stone for his pillow. And if you read it, you can imagine what he felt like. He was alone. He was afraid. He didn't know what was happening. He felt utterly and truly as if no one loved him. And then suddenly, at that very point, the heavens opened up. And he has this beautiful vision of God. Listen to his response when he says, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I know it not. I thought there was nothing but bare rocks and loneliness and darkness. And lo, I blundered into paradise. I thought my pillow was a stone. And lo, it is the very bosom of God. And at that point... Jacob makes this wonderful discovery. A discovery that I suggest we need to make over and over again. He discovered that unknown to him, God was leading and guiding and planning his way. He realized that this path was a path that actually was prepared for him. It's still one of the great surprises that you and I need in our life to discover that our God is a God as the scripture says that goes before us and he's a God who comes behind us we need to remember that sometimes when we get older we think that it's all gone for us never ever be drawn into that God goes before he comes behind He has plans and purposes for each and every one of us. And when that supreme uh, discovery takes hold of whoever, it's just as if a blessing comes. It's as if the heavens open up and we realize again who our God is. The story told of a good friend of Robert Louis Stevenson, He was a humble Welsh blacksmith. And one day he heard the story being read of Robinson Crusoe. And he was so enthralled by this story that he determined that he wanted to read it for himself. And so he went away and learned to read in the Welsh language. And when he was able to do that, He couldn't find a copy of Robinson Crusoe in the Welsh language. It was only in English. So he went away and again for years he learned to read and write English. And that night, as Robert Robert Louis Stevenson says, that night when the humble blacksmith read the story for himself, a whole new world opened up to him. And I want to suggest that exactly what happens to each of us. When we truly learn again, when we truly realize that the God of Jacob, the God that I believe in, the God that you believe in, is a God who leads. I want to jump up at that. That is just so amazing. And it's especially amazing if maybe you've come through a difficult time. That something hard has happened 
and you're coming through it. And sometimes through difficulties, we sometimes feel that it's God there. And we need to realize this truth again. That our God is a God who leads and guides. He has plans and purposes for us. I have found it difficult to retire. But again, I realize this truth. That God has plans for me. He's not finished with me. And it's for me, it's liberating. It's liberating to know that I don't have to worry about my tomorrows. That my tomorrows are taken care of. They're in the hands of the Lord. I had the great privilege of being with OM for three years in Turkey. And each morning we used to stand up and as a team we used to pray. And then this is what we would say to each other before we went out in the day. Okay then bro, let go and let God. There's a wonderful truth in that. To let go and to let God because we believe that God has planned our way. I don't know if you've read Pilgrim's Progress. But during the book, Pilgrim is going through the land of the valley of the shadow of death. And he's feeling terrible. It's dark. He doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't know where he is. And then you have these lines in the book when he realizes this truth. And he shouts, I'm not alone. There are two of us in this darkness. Our God leads. Our God guides. It was said of the great Julius Caesar. He was a great general. He won many amazing victories. And he said part of it was down to this very simple truth. And it was this. He never said to his men, go. He always said to his men, let us go. And he led them. And the God that we believe in and the God who believes in you is planning your next step. And he's saying to you now, with arms that are outstretched, my daughter, my son, let's go. Let's go. Not you go, but let us go. We'll do it together. And that was a great truth that Jacob discovered that night at a place called Bethel. Better watch my time. Just very briefly, lastly, that not only is a God who can take something that is nothing and make it into something beautiful, not only is he a God who leads and guides and has plans and purposes for each and every one of us, individually and as a people, but he's also a God who has infinite patient love. Now I know he needs it with me. I think that I'm one of the most frustrating guys that God has to deal with. And you see this in the story of Jacob. Here he has this, this battle experience. And so you want to read on to see what's going to happen next. How he's going to take this experience and how he's going to use it for God. And when you read it, it's the biggest anticlimax in scripture. Because what does he do? He goes right back into his old ways. The old habits click in. There he is again lying. There he is again 
cheating. It's as if nothing happened. Wordsworth put it like this. Whether is fled the visionary gleam. Where is it now, the glory and the dream? And you ask that of Jacob. This lovely vision that he had, where is it? And it seems to have deserted him. And then, Peniel comes. Then the time comes when Jacob has to go and meet his brother. This is the brother who he stole his birthright from. And there again, he meets with God. God's patient love. Through all the marriages that he goes through, through all, God's patient love is there. Never, ever given up on him. I think that's beautiful. For me, that's real hope that God never, ever gave up. Read the story. Read how he battles with the angel. Read how the sinner is left the saint. Read how God wins. Because God wins in the end. It's said that Jacob was a man who was saved by the sheer patient love of God. And that's true. God will not give up on you. He has two important things that he wants you to do for him. Do you believe it? That I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you all the way. I close with a story from scripture. God tells Jeremiah to go and see what the potter is doing down in the market. And Jeremiah goes and he watches the potter. And the potter takes a piece of clay and the potter is moulding it and shaping it. And Jeremiah realises it is going to be something beautiful, something absolutely tremendous. And just one last touch and the pot shatters in the potter's hands. And Jeremiah asks the questions, what will he do? Will he take the, that, that clay that was flawed and throw it away? <clears throat> and he sees that the potter takes the clay that was flawed and begins to work on it again. And he makes it into something lovely. God is making us into lovely and beautiful people. And he has the infinite patience to do so. He will not let you go. So take heart from God's word. That he's making something beautiful. Chip, chip, chipping away. So that we will be Christ-like. He has plans and purposes. From when until he comes. You can trust him. And he has the infinite patience to do it. He's not going to give up on you. He's not. And I think that deserves a hallelujah. I think that deserves a amen. Don't we have a great God? Don't we? Believe it. And then go out and live it. And people will see our great God in you. And wow. They'll be bowled over. I commend God's word to you. Do we have a, a hymn? Sorry? Okay then.
Heavenly Father, we again just want to thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that it speaks to us. We thank you, Lord, that it's there to inspire us. We thank you, Lord, that it's there to teach us your ways. We thank you, Lord, that it's there to encourage us. And yet, Lord, it's there also to challenge us. And we pray, Lord, that we would take your word into our hearts now. That like that seed, Lord, we pray that it would find fertile soil. We pray, Lord, that it would grow so that we, this week, as your people, might grow in grace and in the knowledge of yourself. Thank you, Lord, that your word is alive and living. May it live in us now. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.